1: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
2: Achtung, Achtung, Christmas is a coming, dear listeners. And to quote Richard Chaplow, 26 appearances, nine suns, one goal. As he once said, you cannot beat a good board game. And we've got a good board game for you here. Achtung has teamed up with a tremendous football trivial pursuit style game called Pundits. You can follow Pundit at Pundit Games on Twitter. And it's a really nice little game, actually. It's a ball game. It consists of football trivia questions, easy and hard. Some of the hard ones are very, very hard. And you move along a football pitch to score goals against your opponent. It will suit the football head in your life, dear listeners. Great way to pass a Christmas afternoon. You can get a 10% discount if you visit punditgames.co.uk at p-u-n-d-i-t g-a-m-e-s punditgames.co.uk get a 10% discount at checkout with the code LIONS in capital letters LIONS capital letters and every sale will benefit the Lions Food Hub Um, what a better way to pass your Christmas than to enjoy a good football trivia game and to know you're doing good at the same time so get on it, punditgames.co.uk You're listening to After Law,
3: broadcasting from the beautiful South set Set no
2: sound. Huge welcome, dear listeners, to another Listed Lions show during this strange World Cup break. I thought it was time that we did another in our always popular series of listed lines and joining us today all the way from the channel islands from the island of jersey the beautiful island of jersey is mr jack gibbons welcome to the show jack
3: hello nick hello
2: listeners nice to be on the show guys to have you mate nice to have you now i'm I just saying i was just uh, burbling away listeners off air i've never actually been to jersey i've been to guernsey um few years ago now and one thing i found really weird is my only trip to the channel islands jack is um it was it seemed to me to be like a very strange mixture of like a seaside town um the main town of guernsey uh chip shops ice cream buckets and spades and international high finance all next door to each other it's a really odd mix as, as a as a an outsider to it i mean i'll take it jersey is much the same in, in look and feel
3: yeah, very much so. I think, especially as the years have gone by, the finance element of Jersey's really taken off. I think yeah. maybe that's been at the expense of the, the seaside element as well. High risers here now.
2: Yeah. Uh, t- um, it was an interesting interesting trip over. Um, I do remember a big marina in Guernsey's main harbour. But as I say, I was just really struck by this odd mix of um, kind of homeliness, you know, with all the things you might expect in a... Uh, traditional English seaside town mixed up with these kind of <laughs> high finance companies in the one door next to the other it just uh, just yeah, found yeah. it bizarre I, I really enjoyed my, my weekend over there but that's, as I say I have to save that for some other time some other no it,
3: it, it's quite interesting I think when people meet uh, people meet people from Jersey or Guernsey especially from my own experience within a footballing context they expect me to start speaking French or something <laughs> Especially, you know, then then you bring in the football element to it, and you're like, oh, you know, you're from Jersey, so what football team do you support? And you know, it's the usual, <laughs> it's the usual story,
2: like oh, I'm I'm Millwall. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Jack, um, such as you wish to disclose, mate. I mean, we're not looking mm-hmm. for um, you know, a full chapter and verse here, but uh, Jack Gibbons, how old are you, mate? How, how, many, how, how many years have you been on Jersey's
3: beautiful soil? So I'm twenty four. I've lived in Jersey my whole life. Civil servant over here. I've uh, been a Mill supporter since two thousand
2: and twelve. Okay, that's um, that's quite recent. Um, you, I've met your dad and I've met your mum. Yeah. I shook hands with him in the in the West Lower, and I know Bill's earth, um, struck me as a, as a, as a long term old school Millwall fan, so we say. Mm-hmm. Um, you would you were taken there as a uh, as, as what a 12 year old how old would you have been for your first trip to the den mate
3: yeah i would have been 14 So the first first trip was in 2012 that was blackpool at home right um my dad's first match was in 1971 and his first match is also blackpool at home so he's done he's done 50 years, which I believe is the same number as you, Nick, isn't it?
2: Well, if he went in 71, I started going yeah. in 72. So Bill beats me by one year. But, uh, yeah, yeah, so 50, mm-hmm. uh, 50 years for me this year. I think Bill will be in his 51st mm-hmm. season. And as a Millwall fan, it's, um, it's the years to fly past. That's that's <laughs> for sure. Um, so, yeah, uh, that, that's what I call an old school um, Millwall mm-hmm. fan, Bill, if you're listening, mate. I'm sure you will be. Yeah. I'm sure you will be listening. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Your memories and your impressions of your first Millwall game, uh, Jack. Um, Blackpool at home. What was the result? Did we win that one? I haven't got the uh, season in front of me. I'm trying to think back.
3: I don't remember it off the top of my head. That was a 2-2 that day. Um, Andy Keogh scored for us. He scored the opener. And then Blackpool came came back into it. I I presume it was Tom Ince scored for them. Came from behind. And then uh, little-known Harry Kane got an equalizer at the <laughs> cobble lane and so i'm just
2: trying to find the find the fixture as, as we're speaking yeah. so that would be 2012 mm-hmm. yeah there it is the last game of the season i found it yeah. um mill 2 blackpool 2 uh Keo 12 minutes then uh everton Dicko for blackpool with a late equalizer for harry kane um mm-hmm. played in front of 13,000 at uh, at the den uh, including obviously yourself did you enjoy your trip did you what did you make of it what was your can you remember much about it now with the passage of what's that 10 years ago
3: it's it's funny i think with football but with memory in general that i can probably remember that game more clearly in mm. some of the games i've been to more recently maybe that's because I, I was too young to be on the beers at that point that might have affected my memory <laughs> but <laughs> Um, If it's
2: any consolation, welcome to the rest of your life, because I've found that, um, you know, we're just talking about the 1970s. I'm sure your dad, Bill, would say the same. I can remember games and fixtures and players and situations and moments from the 70s like they were yesterday. And then whole Mm -hmm. decades passed. I can't really think much about the 1990s. I mean, a couple of games Mm -hmm. there, obviously, but there are whole seasons where I I struggle to think of anything that that happened for us Mm -hmm. so I think I think that is the uh, the passage of time for you there. Um, so, whereabouts in the in the ground were you? You, you West End or was it the Cold
3: Blow? Where, whereabouts did you sit for that game? Because my, it was my first match, uh, my dad sort of went for the more uh, scenic seats, so we were in okay. the Dockers lower, <laughs> right on the halfway line. So, being being the first match, being so close to the pitch, it was in the first row. I think that. I felt that felt amazing at the time, you know, live football. I think, especially being from Jersey, just don't have that institution. Yeah. So it's quite belated for me compared to other Mill supporters, where they say they were taken to the ground when they were four years old, for instance.
2: It's interesting. I mean, obviously Jersey um, does have a football history, but it's not an it's not any part of the what I would call the football hotbed of the of the, of the nation in mm-hmm. in that sense. Um, I mean famously I think um Matt Letizier was a, was he was he a Jersey man or was he, a, I, I, he was, I know he, I always insult deeply when I say Guernsey versus Jersey, <laughs> you know. Um yeah, yeah. but I, I, I that like the most famous one that I can think of. I don't can't think of too many others from the Channel Islands.
3: Graham Lesot is probably the most famous Jersey footballer. Lassau, the sun but That's
2: then, right. There was that was nagging at me. Yeah.
3: From a mill perspective. We had Peter Vincenti play for Millwall. Well, he was at Millwall, but he never played a game. But I'm I'm happy it's, to to count on that.
2: There's a name um, you've dug up. I'm going to have to look him up as we're speaking, yeah, listeners. Yeah. I'm going to have to look up Peter. because I do remember the name. I can't, Peter Vincenti, 2007-08. Yeah. There he is on the Millwall History website with the jersey flag alongside his name. He made one non-playing substitute appearance uh, there yeah. to Jack. So, that's that's a glorious. Um, you signed him from Saint Peter's of Jersey, and released him to Stevenage. That's not that's not a great really? <laughs> <No. laughs> but no, he, there he, is the mark. Went, <laughs> went
3: downhill when he left Millwall.
2: <laughs> I think. I, I know. Recently, I've been following, and I think it might be a dad that's been posting about uh, Jersey Bulls. Is it a non-league side yeah, that yeah. made a bit of an impact in the? I think they're in the same league as Fisher. Uh, is it the Southern Counties?
3: football league same step, um, same step but different different league yeah
2: what's their ground like as you do you get around there very much to to watch football or is it um you know is it a stadium is it is it is it is it, is it kind of like a, a fenced um mm. pitch like fishers or how, how, how is it at, at jersey it's, in that way
3: it's, it's very much a stadium it's it's much more of a stadium than any of the other clubs in jersey right. division there's a a complete stand, but then like Fisher, you've got the, the fencing element around it. Hmm.
2: Uh,
3: I think like a lot of non-league clubs, it's quite funny because the official capacity is something quite silly, like seven thousand. <laughs> <laughs> but You could probably only fit um, a couple thousand people in there. The the record attendance at Jersey's ground was a few thousand, and that was in nineteen, I think it was nineteen seventy time when the Man United first team came over to play in Jersey. Right. So there's quite a famous photo of um Bobby Charlton, George Best and the one and only Alex Stepney walking out onto the pitch over here to play against what was, you know, just a parish side over here. So is it a local side? Island? Yeah, yeah
2: absolutely i was I, going back to attendance capacities i mean I, I, i've not seen the jersey room but um i was at beckonham a few uh about a month ago now and they had a capacity of an official capacity of, I, I think it was about four or five thousand and it's just yeah. literally a pitch with a clubhouse nice clubhouse and a fence and you think well how did i get five thousand people or four thousand yeah. you'd have to be on each other's shoulders you know um but there we it's are like that, photo the ground. that photo from
3: the old ground that yeah the fans on the the radio tower. Uh, (laughs)
2: That's a floodlight. It's
3: a floodlight. (laughs) It's a floodlight, yeah. Back in the old days in in Jersey, they um, used to stack hay bales. People would sit on that. Definitely uh, fulfilling a a stereotype.
2: (laughs) Bring back those days, Jack, I say. Bring back those days. That's when football was real. Um, So you still get over reasonably, Reg. You said you were here for the the first game of this season, Jack. Was was
3: that the last time you was over? Um, well, I've got a season ticket. I'm a season ticket holder. Okay. Um, I try and get over once a month. So, right. so far this season, I've done, I did Coventry at home, Cardiff at home, Huddersfield away and Middlesbrough at home. So wow. I've seen home victories and then uh, the drab performance in Huddersfield.
2: I take my hat off to. I mean, it's we it, were talking uh, today. There was a a, a, a table doing the rounds online of away fans. Uh, I mean, in a sense, even the trip to Millwall is a is an away trip for for yourself coming over. I mean, presume you fly over from from Jersey yeah, yeah. Into, into into London. Um, and we, I think Millwall come in at the bottom of this particular away fans table. Um, which I don't set an awful lot of stall, uh, uh, stall bikes. I think we we have a very good quality of away following. I mean, you, you always know that Millwall are in the stadium. Um, you know, there was I think the lowest away following we had this season was a couple of hundred, two hundred and seventy eight for a midweek trip to to Rotherham um, after a, a, a long trip up to Blackburn for a disappointing loss uh, in October. That's about the lowest. But generally we're getting about 700, which is the lowest in, in, in the league. But um, personally, for me, it's, it's, it's quality over quantity, Jack. I mean, it's mm-hmm. the, the away support, I take my hat off to everyone that does it. I take my hat off to you flying over so regularly to watch Millwall. It's, it's, it's quite something.
3: I think that the the numbers in the time that I've been following Millwall have gone up in terms of away following. I can mm. remember us playing Middlesbrough away. Must be about 10 years ago now. And there couldn't have been more than 100 mil supporters there now, there on the night. But I yeah. think now, if we play Middlesbrough away, we do take six or seven hundred. So it's quite interesting. Yeah, how have changed. But maybe I that's mean, the, the home... quality side, maybe.
2: It's been a tough season, Jack. Um, yeah. You know, we're saying it's been a tough season, but we're talking to each other with us sitting in sixth spot now that we're breaking for the World Cup. <laughs> Um, which is which is a pretty good season, really. It does not yeah. felt like that. I think that's the that's the thing, really. It just hasn't felt like a, a cracking season. And yet, if you look at the numbers, and I'm just looking at the Millwall history website, you know, um for the for the season so far. If you take out that Huddersfield um abomination, apart from that, it's been a pretty good run recently. I mean, mm-hmm. one defeat in what's that, two, four, six, eight games. So um and are six in the table, um, albeit on on gold difference. I mean that's pretty good. Um I don't know what our expectations- whether our expectations get overinflated sometimes, do you think? At Millwall.
3: I think maybe the opposite. I think Mill's port is probably naturally pessimistic. That's always what I think. Well, there's always this <laughs> expectation that something's gonna go wrong. The FA will stitches <laughs> up or will concede the last minute. The referee goal. will. Yeah, yeah. I I think think that's a hard life lesson. (laughs) I think maybe, though, expectations have been just about right this season. I think if you'd spoken to most supporters going into the campaign, they'd have said, it's not a guarantee, but we'd like to get playoffs. You know, Gary Rowett's been trying to build something the last few seasons. We've brought in some quality players, as Saturday showed. So the expectation maybe should be playoffs. From here,
2: anyway. I, I mean, from this situation, the 4-2 win obviously last Saturday at Preston uh, and we're six, as we, we said over that, so we're in that magic playoff spot. Um, from here, yeah, I mean, the the, the target's got to be top six from here. Whether we've got the, the depth of squad to do that, I mean, we're, we're heavily dependent on one or two standout players and the standout player of the moment is one Zian Fleming, isn't it? I mean, you know, he's, he's really enlivened the club he's, he's a kind of a hero for the support i mean you're, you're you're a young guy um compared with old lags like me but he must be one of the best even in this short period one of the best that you'd have seen who's your who's your favorite all-time player um over the years now as how they compare with what you've seen of the i
3: suppose maybe he's not everyone's cup of tea but i think my favorite player is probably morrison um morrison he's, yeah, yeah, he's he's got to be the antithesis of Zion Fleming because maybe not gifted with technical skill, but um, certainly a shithouse. Um, certainly
1: was that, response-
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was, no doubt was a great goal scorer. I think that changed over the time he was at Millwall. In the, last, the latter seasons, he became more of a target man rather than the player you, you were relying on to get the goals for the side. But I think he—he he always he was proper Millwall. He did always give it all for the shirt. Um, like as I say, maybe he's not everyone's cup of tea. But I've always thought we looked stronger when he was on the pitch, and maybe he's the sort of player yeah. we're missing at the moment. Arguably,
2: I think we're missing that attitude that you just—I mean, the shit house is—is is a good way to describe it. But for me, uh, I don't know if you'd agree. I, I, I imagine, was it, I'm just seeing when he first came to us because you started going in 2012. And I think Morrison came to us in 2010. 20, yeah, 20, uh, t- yeah, 2009 10 was his first season. Yeah. Um, when he was, I think my theory with Steve Morrison is he was a different striker then. Uh, he, he took a while to yeah. get going, and I was at there's an infamous game at Steyne's Town, which um, we're talking about yeah. non-league stadia. That's a, that's a, the epitome of a non-league stadium, um, and he missed famously missed from like two yards out. And there's a bit of a famous um, scene in the uh, the family book where Jack Kenny Jacket had it out with him effectively, and he turned himself into a different kind of strike. He's actually quite a ruthless. I thought quite skillful player when, when we had him in, in, in in that era, when he was in his pomp, and then he went off to Norwich and uh, Leeds and all the rest of it. And when he came back to us, which would be just looking at his uh, 14, record. He came, yeah. 14. He had, he had, he had three spells of us 2014 then the, the kind of uh, the second coming, if you like from 2015 onwards until he re- retired from us. He, t- he, i think what he lost in terms of speed of leg and and thoughts because obviously everyone slows down with the passage of time he, he he turned it into that um the dark arts the shit house um aspect of the game much mm-hmm. to his advantage it, it takes a good player to change his game in that mm-hmm. way as as the years take away your natural quickness in my opinion um I mean, people out there might be disagreeing with that, but I, I think it's a good choice. Obviously, we're covering since 2012, and I think as a as a standout player, you, you'd you have to go a long way to look past Steve Morrison. His numbers, you know, 92 goals there, Jack, his numbers are, are, are quite something.
3: He's our 4th five highest-top goal scorer, I think, now. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, he's in the... I think I've got that in front of me, but it could well be fourth or fifth. He's, he's certainly yeah. up there. Um, and, I mean, twice we were promoted with Steve Morrison leading our attack. Um, two different incarnations of him, in a sense. But um, good choice as, as, a, as a standout player, favourite player. As you say rightly, though, from what we've seen of Zian, he's a different type of player. I mean, Zian does seem to have the the full repertoire. I think our main question, and Harry raised this in the last show, is whether we'll keep him, whether we'll sell him, <laughs> for what fee... <laughs> How much for ZN? <laughs> I was, that's, that's real realism for you there, Jack, I suppose. That's that's, that's, the, uh, that's the, uh, yeah. the other side of it, wasn't it?
1: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
0: Achtung, Milbein.
2: Um You've done your favourite and for every favourite there must be the other side of the coin. Um, so we have to ask you, Jack Gibbons, who's the worst mill player you've ever seen? So we're going since 2012 here, listeners.
3: Uh, I, I might have to cop out of this question, Nick, but I'll still give you Ah it's an no good. <laughs> so so what, what I'd say is... Is it's difficult to nail down one specific player because under Lomass and Holloway, under Lomass and Holloway, we produced so many comedy players. And I think Holloway particularly almost went for this. It's almost like World War One general tactic of just throw everyone over in every position because one of them's bound to be all right. And I was running over the names of some of the players that we'd had during that time. Yep. Um Justin Hoyt, Matthew Briggs, <laughs> Martinez, <laughs> uh Guy Moosey. Guy
2: Moosey. <laughs> These are names. Yeah. That, when you look over that season, I've just got twenty thirteen, fourteen on, on there. Um when you look through the teams that I'm it's just, just in the whole season, there are names lurking there. I've completely forgotten about um you know, Ryan Fredericks. <laughs> <laughs> These are names that just kind of, well, they, Millwall, they were mobile players, and it's only until you see them um, on the list that you realise that, Yes, that's 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 true. Um, so there's, a, there's quite an array of of, of choice there. Um, you're not going to go for one. You're not going to pluck one out of the uh, as an absolute worst,
3: Jack. I think it'd be it'd be too easy to say Gary Taylor Fletcher, but I'll I'll say we had the striker under Holloway from Watford called Renegi. And I remember oh God, seeing yes. him. And he, was ab- <laughs> he was just an absolute donkey. I, d- I don't know. I can't remember if he scored for us or not, but I don't don't think so. Uh,
2: we're gonna have to check that out. That's a very very good choice. I mean, yeah. that's we're, we're picking it, we're taking Renegi over the likes of yeah. Um, Scott McDonald. There's, oh, there's <laughs> the names go on and go on here, don't they? Taylor Fletcher's is is difficult
3: one to. Taylor Fletcher's difficult one to beat, I think. We're so out of condition. <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: I think Meyerhofer at least had those two goals against Middlesbrough that time. But Taylor Fletcher or Renegi, they don't have they can't they can't say something like that.
2: Matthias Renegi, uh three starts, four as a substitute, um, so seven in all, three plus four. Uh no goals. So I think that, that, that lasts. Well, there we go, yeah. for Striker. <laughs> Signed from uh on loan from Watford. Um, so that's, that's a good choice, Matthias Reneghi. And, and amongst the I mean, I was just thinking actually, I mean, as there's a there's a decade of Mill support, you've had a you've had the full range of um near death experiences, triumph, and despair. And um, you know, you've had the full yeah. the full whack there, Jack, haven't you? I mean,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know, it's not exactly a, a glory hunter's dream, is it? You, you see all human no. life at Millwall in that time.
3: No, but it's interesting because because what my dad would say to me or has said to me is people my age have had it pretty good being a Mill supporter. When you think of how many times <laughs> we've gone to Wembley compared to how many well, times that. he went to Wembley, you know, waiting yeah, until I mean, 1999 get done by Wigan in the last minute.
2: Yeah. Well, just, I'd say the same. I mean, obviously we, we, the previous Wembley trip was pre well back in 1945, second world yeah. war. So, um from 1971-72 if you said to me that one day Mill will go to a cup final um we'll play in the top flight in the in the first division and um even go to into Europe in the UEFA Cup I would have thought you'd lost your mind I mean so the these I and mean, in the recent decade I mean you uh, as we just said there we've had two um playoff wins at Wembley haven't we 2010 2017 um some great great cup tires in that time some really memorable. Occasion and the, the other side of the mill coin is always you have to have all these great moments mixed in with the likes of Ian Holloway, Steve Lomas, Matthias Renegi, mm-hmm. and all the other um you know assaulted Flotsam and Jetsam of football that, that, that finish up at our club from time to time. So you've had the, you've had the full range there, Jack. I will, I, will, I will give you that much. I mean, you've also seen triumph on a scale that would have been unimaginable for the likes of, of myself and Bill and all any any fans of the seventies vintage mm. um most memorable match for you jack what's your most memorable match you've seen mate what's your choice
3: i think there's there's two obvious candidates for me but i think most memorable match has got to be bradford the wembley bradford just wembley that, yeah that that moment, where the, that moment where gregory flicks it on and morrison's there
2: yeah yeah It was, it was a perfect moment, wasn't it? It was, um, because we were looking at extra time. Um, and I don't know, it didn't, uh, uh, you always hope for the best, but extra time just felt like a long half an hour to come Yeah, and up pops the man himself. 85 minutes is one of the iconic Mill moments. I must say, um, celebrated in, in full, full vigor on the pitch. After oh, the final <laughs> <laughs> and that yeah, remains another iconic remember, moment, yeah. Ruined it for him. Well, I think, <laughs> yeah. in, in fairness to Morrow, I, I, I mean, get he's haunted with that comment, and some, some will hold that as evidence against him. But, um, I think actually, it did help dissolve some of the uh, the the the, act, the real anger that the Football League felt towards Mill Football Club <laughs> for and, and Wembley Stadium and the games authorities, the great and the good. Because it was, it remains the only pitch invasion at at, uh, at Wembley, which is a point of some honour, I think, in,
3: in award terms, isn't it? <laughs> I Great think day. it was just one of those. It was one of those days where it did just all seem to go right for us. Like on another day, Jordan Archer doesn't make that save, or on another yeah. day, it's us that gets done in the eighty-fifth minute. Yeah, and I think, I think we we were we deserved it that day and we deserved it that campaign. But I think when you look at the sides who we played in the playoffs in both those seasons, where some of those sides have ended up your, your Bradford's, obviously your, your South ends, yeah. these sorts of yeah. clubs. And I, I just think that if we hadn't have gone up that day, I think the side might've broken up. I think people were sniffing been... around. People were yeah, sniffing absolutely. around Gregory and Williams and even, you know, Jed as well. And if we hadn't have gone up the, that season, would we have kept all of those players? I'm not so sure, to be honest with you.
2: No, it's so a very think, good point. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's an interesting point because you're right. Um, I mean, Swindon, I think, are lurking in uh, who we beat in 2010. I think they're in League mm-hmm. Two. Um, I don't think, that, I think they're about mid-table you know, respectability. Um, Bradford are down in the, in the league twos. Scunthorpe, I was weighing up whether to go and see Dagenham and, and Redbridge at the weekend, because they're, they're playing Scunthorpe, our opponents mm-hmm. um, in 2008, the previous uh, season, uh, the, you know, the, the, the kind of uh, the Gary Alexander classic Scunthorpe um, would beat us that time. And uh, we beat them in the playoffs on, in 2017. So, it it is quite galling when you see where teams tumble down to um and you know so so much in football is is um you know it turns turns on on little moments and bubbles in the pitch and uh chances taken chances missed or scored or whatever so yeah remarkable where these these, these other teams are at and we we are now dreaming of the uh, the biggest dreams um I'm going to guess. I oh, mean, it's a link question. Next on our list here, Jack, most memorable match, then most favourite mill moment. I'm going to guess it would be the same, or would you choose a different moment, so to speak, from your Mill career?
3: My favourite Mill moment is Murray Wallace's goal against Everton. I think there's a oh, lot of reasons. To, up. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of reasons to pick that match because I, I sit in block twelve. I was in the perfect. One of the perfect positions
1: for
3: it. <laughs> I just, I just remember that moment. It's one of those moments that just stopped in time. The ball comes to Murray Wallace, and the ground collectively takes an inhale, and it's in. <laughs> I just, I it just was a mad moment. they were just all gobsmacked. It was just, it was great.
2: Wonderful night, um, Friday night football, I think, if memory serves. Wasn't it? it was it was a, um, under under the floodlights at the Den. Yeah, late um, late
3: Saturday. I don't know how they allowed that, but
2: uh... Saturday was it a fact? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know how they allowed it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I can't, I can't disagree with that. That was one of the. I mean, one thing I'd say with Neil Harris is, you know, maybe he had his limitations as a as a manager. He was a very good Millwall manager in in the circumstances in which we found ourselves. Jack, would you agree with that? I mean, obviously, he's struggling a bit at Gillingham now. There. Um, finding life hard in in, uh, in League League 2. Um, but for us, no, I, I, I can't... I, I don't think many managers understood the club like Neil Harris understood us. And for that reason, you get these big nights, these big moments. I'm thinking of Leicester, you know, the, the 1-0 win, uh, Cummings late in the game, and then that late winner for Murray in, uh, in the FA Cup uh, against Everton. So certain managers seem to suit our club in certain moments, just come together. It's almost like... a like a, like a like a like a matrix coming together in that way, you know. Um,
1: good choice. It's an
3: interesting. It's an interesting question because I think there's no doubt that our team on paper now is better than that team that beat Everton. Mm. But there's something about how we were playing under Harris that it, if our current team played Everton, would we beat them now compared with how Harris had had us set up back then? Because under Harris, we were, an interesting one. Playing. were playing Cup final football. Go at it. I've
2: always, it, it is both our greatest strength and our greatest weakness that the whole club and support and the, the managers like Neil Harris and Wy, Dennis Wise in his time understood these need, the need, the real need for these great massive moments, you know, where the, the giant is slain at the den. It, what we're not good at is um relentless successful league football because you've got to keep turning up over you know 46 games 23 at home 23 away and do it regularly week in week out we build to these great um crescendo moments like everton like leicester uh and they live in they live in the mind forever you know we're talking about the playoff win at wembley um but I mean, if you look at us historically we've had a few seasons where we've done well in in the league but we just don't tend to grind it out in a, in 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 the way that other clubs have managed to achieve we're, we're we're probably the archetypal cup tie side in that way um why that is don't know it must run in the blood in some way but uh, the games like Everton games like um you know the beating West Ham back in the 2004 one victory these are the moments that uh, we Millwall fans live for You you never lose them from your from your from your memory.
3: It was a great advert for the FA Cup. It was a great advert for Millwall. I think coming back to how I feel about it personally, my dad's from the old Ken Road, but my mum is from Liverpool and she's a blue as well. So I think that probably has some (laughs) bearing on why that was a a great night for myself.
2: (laughs) Did he? Did did Dad still get dinner that night?
3: (laughs) <laughs> Something to write
2: home about that night. <laughs> I, I, I bet it was. I bet it was. Um, that puts a different spin on it again. There, Jack, yeah, yeah, you've yeah. done me with that one, mate. Um, your your um, favourite Millwall player from the current squad, who you, you, would you pick out from the current squad? I think as, as
3: impressive squad? as some of our newer players are, Fleming, oh. it's too soon to to throw them in as being our favourite current player. Ah, we're Some of for... us are
2: raving about them. Some of us are <laughs> raving about
3: them. <laughs> I think I'll go for Jake cooper, I think
2: jake
3: I think Cooper is potentially a great mill player, you know when you think of his age and how many matches he's already got under his belt and some of the great moments he's already had as well i was at I was at Sheffield United away last season, and he loves yeah. scoring against Sheffield United. We all know that, but I think that goal, yeah, it was just great. He's a big boy. He seems to love the club as well, doesn't he?
2: Well, I was just going to say that point. I mean, he's he's a big lad, um, but he does, you know, he's he's physically imposing. I I, I stood next to him. I was was at the training ground once a a few years ago now, and he he happened to walk past. And he's big, he's huge, you know, six foot five. Um, But you're right. He does seem to have a deep affection. And I think possibly alongside Sean Hutchinson, who also seems cool. Quite, quite happy and settled at Millwall. And, and some players, Jake um, Hutch, one or two others uh, over time, they just do seem to – to. They, they, I think Millwall's a club you even love or you want to get out of as fast as possible. Some, some go down that road. Some find their stage and, and their theatre at the den. And I think Jake is one such player. And I think you're right. I think he's got the capacity to be a great Millwall player. It's always wonderful when you see a big lad like Jake um, doing little skillful things. I think, you know, whenever we see Murray Wallace doing a Cruyff turn or Jake making a pass or a run forwards into an unlikely position, there's just something uplifting about it. And he hasn't done enough of that re- recently. Maybe we'll see some more of that this season. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but good choice. Good choice, Jake Cooper. Um, who's your most disliked or shall even we go as far as to say hated opponent, the team or player, Jake? Who, who would you pick out as your bet noir, mate? Bit of French there for the Channel Islands.
3: <laughs> <laughs> there's always, there's always, I say, three or four choices you could go with. I think there's, there's no doubt that West Ham are our, our main rivals, our fiercest rivals. Um, Absolutely. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I could, despite that being true, that they're the team I hate the most. I think it's strange with West Ham because even though they are our most fiercest rival, maybe there's an element of a shared culture there with West Ham.
2: Yeah, I agree but with that. that I agree with that.
3: That that then leads me on to say that I think th- you know that leads that leaves you with Charlton or Palace or Leeds. And I think it's very it's very easy to hate them. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
2: I find it quite hard to hate Charlton. They they're, they're just not um I, I, I think Crystal Palace would be my choice and a lot of people yeah. um get into uproar and I say oh, it's West Ham West Ham but I think it's what you've just said uh there jack that I, I did the um the charity walk a few years ago and um bill and myself walked for Isla kate and we walked from the west ham ground to um via the, the bowling uh, ground site onto the the olympic stadium and the, you know there's, there's a there's a real truth that you know but for the shirt colors they're, they're the same people as we are they, they're very similar clubs in that very similar support and you know, um, it's, it is it is a real thing. I find Crystal Palace have this idea that they're somehow superior. as, a, as God knows why, or what, what they've ever done. But uh, I, I think it depends which school you went to and who the predominant um, element were at that school. And for me, it was Crystal Palace fans. So I've always had a, an irrational hatred of Crystal Palace or rational hatred, actually, not irrational. But I, th- I think you're right about West Ham. They're a very similar club to to Millwall. Yeah. They've had a touch more cup success than us, but that's about as far as it goes, you know. Um, it, is, it is interesting
3: I, with West Ham. Uh, earlier this year, I, I managed to actually meet Jeff Hurst. And yeah. w- my dad and I asked him about Harry Cripps' testimonial. And he yeah. spoke with about Harry Cripps with like, great affection and was talking about the match as well. Which was anything but a friendly (laughs) (laughs) thing. It wouldn't be. (laughs) Yeah. Despite the testimony.
2: That just predated me. I think I was only about 11. And I remember, no, so it would have been the close season. I think it was in the close season after I started to go. But even I knew at that young age, it probably would be best to give that one a swerve, you know, aged Mm -hmm. 11. Going up with my 11-year-old friends to what would be effectively a a, a bar and brawl on the terraces. Um yeah, um I don't know. I, I think that, um I mean, I, I, having said all of that, I don't want to go too misty-eyed about West Ham listeners. It's quite nice to see them struggling against relegation at the moment. So, um, you know, we can we can um, put that into context. Let's hope they get relegated. I um, think
3: another another contender for me, though, is probably Leeds United.
2: Do you hate Leeds, do you? I yeah, find them quite yeah. hard to hate. <laughs> <laughs> they're, just, they're just amusing. <laughs> There's the champions yeah. of Europe.
3: <laughs> I, I remember... No, I remember a few years ago it would have been Bielsa's first trip to the Den. That must have been 2017, I think. And he'd been asked by a reporter before the match, "Oh, you know, are you? What do you think about going Millwall? There's such a hostile atmosphere there." And he he said something off, you know, "Oh, I'll, I'll have I'll have managed or played in in worse, more hostile places." I remember it was, versus the
2: yeah. ra- racing of Buenos Aires, yeah. <laughs>
3: and <laughs> but... <laughs> I remember it must have been, I think it was Jed that day. Jed or Aidan O'Brien, I think, scored for us. And Bielsa ended up in our dugout, I think. he just completely <laughs> lost his head. So I think I think Mill would have got under his skin that day. Um
2: yeah, I I know what you mean. I, I just find them faintly ridiculous. Um, when yeah. was it? it? It might have been the um before the twenty ten playoff uh, that we played, we beat Leeds. Didn't it? It was a famous Jimmy Abdu. It'd be the season before yeah. when Jim, Jim, Jimmy Abdu put one past them and then took us into the the Scunthorpe um, playoff final. And I can't remember what it might have been the Lions Trust, but I got I took a uh, a, a call from the bloke who was the Leeds uh, Supporters Trust. Um, head and he rang me up um and he said he, he was also a big the admin on on their main website which is the fans website which is called wacko so i said wacko I, I, for me i thought it was, there used to be a, a TV series set in a public school well, Wacko what's that got to do with Leeds? so I asked him what does what does Wacko stand for and then it was it's a, a an abbreviation of we are the champions the champions of Europe I said well you never you never won the European Cup they got to a, they got to a final once, but they got beat. I said, oh yeah, it's, it's, you know it's, they 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 regard regard themselves as like um, true champions rather than
3: mm-hmm.
2: the ones that actually won it. You know, oh, it's just laughable, isn't it? I mean, uh, anyway, that's that's I don't know. i it's like us saying we won thing. the cup in two thousand
3: four. I think it's, it's not well, going
2: to wash. <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? You know? Achtung,
0: Achtung, Mailball.
2: mail-ball. Last question here, Jack. We'll come to the end of our series of listed lion questions. I'm going to get you to name your best ever at Millwall eleven. So we're talking about since 2012 here, mate. Need um, mm-hmm. I need, a, I need a, an eleven from you, based on your own knowledge of Millwall football club since you started going? Who would you go for?
3: So starting off with the keeper. I think in mm-hmm. in the time that I've supported Millwall, we've had some good keepers. That, that's always been the case with Millwall historically. There's a few. was good. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> he made that one save, didn't he? <laughs> Stephen Bywater comes. He was close good. Behind. He was good.
2: Yeah. <laughs> God, yeah. Forgotten um, him. <laughs> for me, it's got to be
3: David Ford, though. I think. Um, Fordy. Yeah. One of the easier positions to pick. I just think he was a he was a great player on the pitch, and he clearly loved Millwall off of it as well. He's still in and around the club. I think the the standout yeah. moment. The standout moment I can think of David Ford is he made a great save against Wigan in 2013. I think we'd gone we'd gone two nil up, and they'd got a goal towards the end, and they came forward and the ball they crossed it. The player heads it, and the ball's looping over Ford, and he's stepping yeah. backwards and he gets it. And I just think it was a great
2: goalkeeper, that, great goalkeeper. Um, he had a particular uh, physical...
3: spell as well where he was. In the Isle squad as well, on the back of playing so well. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he really, yeah. really was a, a great keeper
2: and a physical presence, Jack, as well. I mean, yeah. he, you know, he he dominated his his goal and penalty area. Um, mm. One of my favourite photos. I think we played Luton, and when Luton were a non-league side, they went for a bad uh, bad period. And there was a scuffle at Kenilworth Road on the pitch, and Dun Alan Dun was in the midst of two. <laughs> um Luton players trying to swing at him and then there's this great picture of David Fall just kind of a- appearing like um like Frankenstein's monster over the over the back of him to get involved in this <laughs> this melee um you wouldn't want it to take a right hander off a of fool <laughs> so <No. that> <laughs> but uh, very um very calm calm individual now he's he's got into um uh kind of psychology and all and all that kind of thing sports psychology yeah. um and as you say still in and around the club so Dave, great choice, David Ford in goal. Who are we gonna go for across your back line? Who's your who's your defenders you're gonna choose?
3: So start off at uh, right back. I think mm-hmm. in a similar vein to Ford, it's got to be Alan Dunn for me. I think
2: Alan Dunn. Yeah. Dunny. Yeah.
3: What I Good What I liked what I loved about Alan Dunn, and I think a lot of fans shared this sentiment, is he managed to see off so many potential replacements in his time he at did. the club. Yeah. Think about Adam Smith. Now he's playing in the Premier League. He managed to see him off. Uh, Ryan yeah. Fredericks, who we were talking about earlier as well, and he was just—it's just the same as a lot of these players from that generation, where he just—he always gave it for Millwall, left left nothing on, on the pitch. Um, Good I choice. think My favorite, my favorite Donny moment was that goal that he scored away at Leicester. It was in 2013. We're sort of slowly yeah, long- sinking down the table.
2: Yeah, long shot was it? Was, it? Was it a, a, a
3: yeah, it was. It would have been about, I think, eighty-five minutes. The ball drops to him on the edge of the area. And mm. He hits it long, uh, stays on the floor into the corner, and then there's that famous photo of him peeling away, pointing the way, pointing the away at <laughs> in the uh, the orange kit. Yeah, great move, great Danny. player.
2: Always used to get slagged off, Danny, as well. I think he, I think yeah. the more he got slagged off, the more he wanted to. um yeah, that kind of Morrisonian idea that it will stick it back as well, and I think there's yeah. a mutual kind of respect that gets built on that. Um, one of our one of our all time um high appearances as well, I think, without checking. <laughs> but uh, yeah, a good choice, good choice. So who are we gonna who's our next on our list then, Jack? After Alan Dunn,
3: I think the first centre back would be Robbo Paul Robinson. Um, good choice. Yeah, I think he's probably. One of the most, if not the most, defining Mill player of that that crop, I think, mm. just like Morrison, that playoff final goal against um, Swindon.
2: Swindon, Swindon. That's etched
3: right. his place in Mill history, and rightly so, I would say.
2: And his famous um, t- cry from the, the 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 tunnel in the uh, in the semi final against was it Huddersfield, wasn't it? About uh, as as the, as they came out onto the pitch. Uh, kind of a Titanic night as well. So yeah, um, great, great play. And of course, still involved. I think he's one of the um, one of the first team coaches now at, at the yeah. Den. So um, still in, involved, which is always good to see with our older players. So Paul Robinson, who else at central defence for you?
3: I think some there'll be some honourable mentions for Hutch and even Danny Shittu To be fair, I think they're mm-hmm. both great players for Millwall. But yeah. I'll go with Cooper. Cooper. Jake. Yeah, Jake Cooper. For the reasons that we'd said earlier in the podcast, I think he's been a top player for Millwall. He's potentially be a hero. He's still only young. He's already got plenty of um, appearances under his belt, some great moments. I think obviously that standout goal <clears throat> Excuse me, against Sheffield United is another yes. etched into Millwall folklore.
2: That will that will be one you'll take away with for the rest of your days. It was a great yeah. great goal. Um, that will be a central defence that would be uncompromising and would give you a bit of um, aerial attack as well. There, are Paul Robinson mm-hmm. and Jake Cooper as, as the two going forward for the corners. Um, what about on the left side? Are you going to put on on your left side of defence?
3: So completing the uh, <clears throat> excuse me, completing the classic back four of that generation, I'd go with Tony Craig. Craig, I think the, he had you know. I think
2: he had three spells at Millwall. He did. I thought, was, it, was it three? Yeah. Or was it four? I thought it might be even more than that. Um, Jake, let's have a quick look. Uh, four spells. He, he came to oh, us. Four spells. Yeah. Uh, 2203 to 2006, 7, 2007, 8. Then 2008 to 2012. And then 2015 to 28. Yeah. So he, he kept going away and coming back. Mm-hmm. Four spells for the Lions. That's, that's quite something, 320, 300 starts, 22 subs, yeah. nine goals. Good player, strong player, great player. I,
3: I can't recall a goal from Craig, but I can recall him celebrating a tackle like a goal. I think it was against Colchester or Shrewsbury, I think at the Den, where the player was one-on-one and he gets back and tackles him. Yeah. <laughs> Pro- proper stuff.
2: My memory of Craigie, was he wearing that kind of um, Phantom of the Opera mask at Charlton? I mean, it was a four-all, I think, yeah. He finished four-each. And he's wearing that out there. Um, very brave, very brave player. Millwall player uh, for, him, for him as well. So our back line, we've got David Ford in goal. We've got Tony Craig, Paul Robinson, Jake Cooper and Alan Dunn. That's a pretty full-on defensive picked out there, mm. Jake, I'll tell you. Um, who are we going to go for in midfield, mate?
3: Midfield probably the more difficult part at least on the wings. I think if you'd have mm. asked me this question a few weeks ago the answer would have been easier. Um but on on the right I I still have to go for Wallace Jay.
2: I would agree with that 100% as a as a as a player. Um one of our one of our better uh, right-sided uh winger stroke forwards that we've had in in recent times. Um certainly a major contrib- contributor to our promotion season and uh despite the pantomime the other week well, as he said
3: himself as he said himself coming to Millwall reignited his career he was not going anywhere he well, was adrift. yeah no that's
2: right and he was he was a star and i think he responded to being a star at the den um it was about 250 appearances that he made 40 odd goals i think so great a great contributor it's a shame it finished up as it did but um I think that's all. Um, Sound of Fury on the day, the other, you know, the, the West Brom game recently, and it worked out well for us. So I think we can forgive him. Um, we'll we put him in your, your your best ever eleven there. So there's Jed on the, on the right side. Who are you going to go on the left side?
3: <laughs> the, I think the left side has got to be the biggest Hard. comedy position. I think <laughs> in in the whole time easy. I've supported the whole time I've supported Millwall, we have never had a decent left winger. And as no, I've always comedic, we struggled
2: with a left side player, yeah.
3: To comedic levels. Uh, you know, I wish I could say Doug older, someone like that. But um <laughs> yes.
2: before your oh, time I mean, I, young man
3: <laughs> again looking looking through some of the players we've had on the left while I've supported Millwall. <laughs> the new the new cross Ned Ved, Mr. Jerry Skalak. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs>
2: one of the biggest wastes of money of all time I think Bud Varsen was was in that category as well when you think how much we paid for these players and what we got back from them but there we are all under the bridge now Um, it is a hard position we've never in the last few years really. we've always struggled on the left side I don't know you always always have a sense that we're filling in slightly on that side of the the midfield you know Um, there's there's been some
3: false dawns I think when Conor Mahoney first joined the club he'd had a good pre-season and, you know, Mahone, he always played well yeah. against Luton and you thought, oh, he's going to kick on from here. But it never <laughs> happened, unfortunately. <It> never did. <laughs> no.
2: No, no, no. So I well, think... you can go 4-3-3 three, three, three if you want. I'm, I'm presuming we're going to go for the classic 4-4-2 four, four, here, Jake.
3: Yeah, I've, I've still put down a player. I've, I've gone for Martin Wolford as the best of a bad bunch, I think. He's not a bad yeah, choice.
2: The... He always gave no. gave everything Walford, didn't
3: he? He... He, started, he came to Millwall as a very average player, but yeah. in the 2013-14 season, he was probably one of our best players. He, he scored a great goal against Leeds, I remember, and he always gave us all, I would say.
2: That's a good choice. I mean, it's yeah. not an easy position no. um, for a, for many, many years, beyond this decade to, to fill. So I think Wolford is is the best of a so-so grouping I think but yeah mm-hmm. what about in central midfield who's who are your choices in the centre uh,
3: certainly a bit more easier choices mm. here so first up has got to be Jimmy Abdu no, a um, when I was thinking Jimmy about Abdu. this prior to coming on I was mm. I was thinking to myself I don't think that there can be many more players that as university universally loved by Millsport as Jimmy Abdu since I've no. supported the club anyway he, um my first match was the last um match of the season in 2011 2012 and he'd won the player of the season that year yeah um, and we hadn't had a great season but i think that, that just reflected the fact that he was always he always gave his all for millwall and i think that respect was always returned by the supporters
2: twice player of the season jack he was yep. tw- player of the season in um 2011 12 and again mm-hmm. in 2014 15 quite an achievement mm-hmm. i mean especially given you know jimmy was 100% effort and i think that was the that was the deciding factor he wasn't the most gifted pass of the ball in the world but what i always admired was if he gave the ball away he'd be straight back in front of the player he'd yeah. uh, be an obstruction he'd never stop running and was um totally totally committed to the middle calls uh, and to be twice Player of the Season, I think, is, is speaks volumes for me. Um, I think that's a great choice in the yeah. central midfield. Who's your other choice in midfield, mate?
3: The other one is Sean Williams. Okay. I think uh, Williams is a bit is a bit of a strange one in a lot of ways because he had such a slow start to his Mill career, and I think when he first joined after the first season, you almost couldn't have imagined how he could become one of the first names on the team sheet eventually
2: Mm. because
3: he was a, he was a Holloway by in the January, I think. And he'd spent, he spent the rest of that season either on the bench or coming off the bench. Then it took a, took a year or so, but then under, under Harris, he he came into the side a lot more, I'd say.
2: He, he uh, developed over the years, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, twenty twenty uh, signed in twenty fourteen uh, from the MK Dons for an undisclosed fee. That was, was an air of mystery to it. I bet it weren't very much. Um Released on a free transfer in twenty twenty one. So great club servant. Two hundred and fifty five appearances, starts, forty off the bench, and twenty two goals. He was. Um, He's one of these players. I don't know. He must be. He always gave me the impression he was born mature, you know, like fully formed. He didn't go through uh, the baby stage. He was born as a kind of a, a mature, calm kind of midfielder. mate that made very few errors, you know. Um, and as you say, um, he it had a slow start, but it became a must pick in the end, didn't he, Sean Williams? Yeah. Uh, and he, you, you noticed him most when he wasn't there. I think he's one of those players when he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you you spotted a hole in in the side, you know.
3: He, he scored choice. some classic goals as well. I think one of my favourite goals I've seen live would be the goal he scored against Birmingham at St Andrews. The, when he hit the ball, it was lined up right with the away end.
2: Oh, yeah, also yeah,
3: yeah. And then,
2: I know the one you mean, yeah. He, I love the he was also just... in
3: the yellow and black kit.
2: He was also the supplier of the cross for uh, uh, Gregory Flickton at Wembley, wasn't it? Uh, Which then found its way through to Morrison to to score against Bradford. Mm -hmm. Um, No, very, very, uh, one of those players you could easily miss. He's underrated in some ways, Sean Williams, but um, fine servant for the club. So good choice. So we're going to come to our two striking positions now, Jack. Who are you going to go for up front, mate? I think I know one of them.
3: Yeah. We'll go with that one first. So I'll start with uh, start with Morrison to lead the line.
2: Absolutely. Um,
3: um, as we spoke about earlier, there's been so many different eras of Steve Morrison, the club. He had the sort of Terry Butcher headband uh, Morrison and the, the
1: skin Silver head. Fox. Yeah. That's skin right. Skinhead and the Silver <laughs>
3: Fox.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, um, he, he's out um all-time fourth-highest scorer, um, Steve Morrison. So, yeah, uh, we, as we, we've touched on him already, um, a great, great player and remains one of the great mill servants, despite any, you know, pantomime stuff that happens when he comes managing other sides yeah. now. Rem- it remains who he is for me. Who are you going to put alongside him up front there, Jack?
3: Uh, I'm going to go for Gregory alongside. Lee hey, Gregory. Um, I think he always worked so hard for Millwall and he... he he was not great in one v one situations no. the keeper. <laughs> but i don't think that should distract from the fact that he he scored plenty of goals for millwall he um he scored in my first ever away match which is at rochdale he was um, a great player the... i mean
2: yeah. signed from um, halifax town and uh i think he was he, his wife was always trying to get him back up north i think that yeah. was that, i think he probably would still be with us i think he was quite quite set at millwall um, and another player, Jack, for whom the Den was his stage. I mean, he's gone. He went to Stoke, I think, didn't he? And he's he's at uh, Sheffield Wednesday, I believe, at the yep. moment. Um, I believe that's where he's at. But somehow, he never hasn't set the world alight in the way. or maybe we just haven't read about it. I don't know that he did for us. Um, and as as we've said already, the Den is for some players. That's that's their theatre. And I think that that was Lee Gregory's theatre particularly um, 67 goals from uh, 183 starts, 27 as so to substitute, 67 goals. That's a pretty good track record, pretty good return for a player that wasn't very good in one-on-one situations.
3: I think the, he got the first goal against Everton as well to, to kickstart. He did. It was a header. Game.
2: It was a header, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, from inside the penalty area. Yeah, that is a classic. Steve Morrison, Lee Gregory up front is a classic duo. One of the great, I mean, we, you know, some of us of a certain age trip off um, Cascarino and Sheringham up front. Uh, Morrison Gregory is, is in that category when you look at numbers of goals. Maybe they didn't achieve the heights that uh, Cass and, and uh, Teddy did, but that's a very, very good front line there. A very good middle front line, Steve Morrison, Lee Gregory. So let's just run through the team again. This is Jack Gibbons, favourite all-time Millwall 11, so basically since 2012, we've got David Ford in goal, we've got a back line, Tony Craig, Paul Robinson, Jake Cooper, Alan Dunn, and across the midfield, uh, Martin Walford, forgive him for the, the, the best of a bad choice there, Jimmy Abdo, Sean Williams, Jed Wallace, uh, and then up front, Steve Morrison and Lee Gregory. I think that's a decent 11 that you've signed there, Jack.
3: Well, we'll see what it looks like in a few years' time, could have... Uh... Bermondsey camp in there.
2: <laughs> Zion. Zion Fleming. Yeah. Let's hope so, mate. That's really good, Jack. Thank you for, for taking time to think about that and to come on the show, mate. I hope you've enjoyed this little conversation as Listed Lion.
3: Yeah, definitely. It's uh makes a change from being one of the dear listeners being on
2: the show. <laughs> Huge Thank you to Jack Gibbons all the way over there in Jersey. Um, give us a shout next time you're over, Jack. we will come around and, uh, shake your hand or something. And um thank you to you too dear listeners for tuning into this edition of listed lions if you want to be a listed lion do give us a shout hit me up i think the kids say jack on twitter don't they hit me up on 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 the twitter whilst it's still there it might not be there for much longer the way it's going um and give me a shout and we can try and put a call together particularly over this this um strange world cup break that we're, we're lurched into what's it like in jersey uh jack i mean someone said to me today that there's very little in the way of um, no flags flying from the cars no flags in people's windows nothing very little was in sainsbury's yesterday no kind of well not much in the way what world cup get your beers in all that kind of thing it seems very flat mate um, is there much excitement over there in the in the islands channel islands <sighs>
3: No, I wouldn't say so. It's it's quite a strange thing, I think, what's going on with this World Cup. I think a lot of people at this stage would know when all of England's games are, who England's playing against, mm. uh, when the opening match of the whole tournament is. And I, I'm not getting that feeling from anyone, to be honest with you.
2: No, I'm it's, not. It's a strange um, thing. Maybe once it starts, maybe if England can put a few goals past um uh, he says uh, Iran. I mean, you know, we don't really know what we're going to get from Iran. You never know whether you're going to get. You know, they might be decent. We don't know really. Uh, the USA, I think, are um, potential dark horses to go go a distance in the World Cup. So <laughs> we, we might find ourselves playing Wales for the for the wooden spoon. Who knows? Um, but yeah, if we can get part, get out the group and get the the uh, knockout football going, there, maybe that will get the excitement going i don't know it's, it's a strange one i think it's it's got that kind of um it's a, it's a sense of imposition in the season almost when the world cup is normally the pinnacle of the season it's this feels rather like um i don't know like it's it's like it's being um, inflicted almost but uh anyway there we are well maybe the excitement well, maybe will certainly, begins to
3: begin. certainly don't have a good record against the americans at the world cup either so we'll have to uh wait and see
2: well, for the weight of expectation that's heaped on the England team's shoulders, yeah. you know, there's this expectation that we're always going to win it. Our, our track record yeah. is largely pretty average, if not average to poor. You know, when you look at the part of 1966 and a couple of semi-finals here and there, you know, we've got no real right to consider ourselves contenders. But there we are. We do. And that's that's what Gareth Southgate that. Gary Rowitz role model will take out there to Qatar. Anyway, we'll see. We'll see. Huge thank you to Jack. Thank you, mate. I'll let you have your your evening back now, mate. And um, thank you to you two, dear listeners. And uh, we'll be back with another show during the course of the World Cup break. Until then, Arriva Dirty Millwall and bye for now.
1: Achtung Millwall.